Welcome, welcome again to another rendition of Welcome to Fatherhood Interviews. My name is Sir Royce Brialis. I'm with my prestigious co-host, Dr. Raheem Young. How's it going, my brother? I'm doing well. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, all is well over here as well, my brother. I'm also pleased to announce we have a special guest, uh, Harry Goldberg. How's it going? How you doing? Yeah, doing well, Royce. Raheem, great, great to be here, guys. Yeah, thanks for taking the time out. So, uh, first question we normally ask Harry is, uh, you know, uh, how many kids you got? What are their ages? And also, what do you do for a living or for a purpose? Cool. I'm a I'm a relatively young dad. I've got a two and a half year old. Uh, she's gorgeous, um, and she's challenging me every single day. And my wife and I have a a new bub coming in September, which is just a couple months away or a few months away from now. Congratulations. Thanks, man. Do you, uh, do you have her? Uh, yeah, another little girl, which I'm, which I'm really excited by. Some people are like, oh, don't you want to have a boy and a girl? And then it kind of like evens it all out. I'm like, no, I just want healthy. I don't. I really don't care what what the gender is, uh, especially in today's day and age. Maybe maybe 50 years ago or 100 years ago, I would have cared, but today I don't. Uh, but for some reason, I've always I've always thought that I was going to have girls primarily. And that's just how it ended up happening, I guess. Um, I'd say fatherhood's definitely been exceptionally fruitful, but that wasn't a question which you're asking. You're asking me uh, what I do uh, primarily for work and in life and impact and all of that jazz. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I primarily, I'm primarily endeavor to help people become better versions of themselves. And usually the ways that they can do that is by helping them make better decisions. You make better decisions through having uh, better frameworks, better tools, better resources, but also having more of a compelling vision for the future, for where you actually want to be. So most of my conversations with people end up being uh, a lot of why questions, a lot of let me understand that a little bit more. Why don't we unpack that? Oh, have you heard about this? Oh, that's really interesting. And I find that through every conversation I have with people, I learn more about myself, but also help them become better people as well. My actual vocation is I'm a director, a financial advisor, and a results coach at my own company with a business partner of mine. Uh, we run a team of seven or eight plus a whole bunch of contractors now as well. Uh, where we ultimately are just helping people make great life and money decisions. And that, that allows it to be broad, but also allows us to go really specific into how we help. So someone will come through and say, yeah, I need your help with this. It might be, I want to buy an investment property, or it might be, I want to sort out my retirement strategy, or I want to get better at investing some of the cash, which I've got, or it might be, I want to make a really good career decision, or it might be, I want to be clear about what I actually want in life or change some bad habits or whatever it is. We have people come to us with all of these different types of questions. And usually what they first want has very little to do with what they actually need. Um, I can give you an example if you like. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Yeah. Cool. All right. I, I love this example. I've, I've shared it a couple of times, but um, about a year and a half ago, I had a client reach out he heard us on a property podcast somewhere and he said i just want to get an investment property 
And so we're having a chat. I said, okay, that's great. But why do you want an investment property? Well, I want investment property because then that way I'm going to have another stream of income. I said, great. Why do you want another stream of income? Like, isn't that obvious? I said, not to me. Like, why do you want another stream of income? It's like, well, so I don't have to work so much and I can stop working sooner. Mm -hmm. Okay. Why do you want to stop working? It's like, well, because I got a crappy job or I'm not enjoying my job. I said, okay, well, what's wrong with having a job that you don't like? It's like, come on, surely that's obvious to you. I said, not to me. Tell me what's wrong with it. How does that negatively impact your life? He says, oh, well, because I get home and I'm in a shitty mood. I said, what's wrong with that? I was like, really? More wise? I said, yeah. Why is that a problem? I said, well, because it means I just become a, when I get home, I'm a shitty husband and I'm a cranky dad. I said, why, why don't you want to be a shitty husband and a cranky dad? What's going on there? Why would you want to change that? He said, well, because that's just not what I want for my life. I wanted more. And I've always, I've always envisioned myself as being more than that. And yet that's what I've become. And when you have a conversation like that, and when someone opens up that much in a short period of time, then you're able to turn around and ask some really powerful questions like, okay, so if you got an investment property right now, would that make you a better husband and a less cranky dad? Well, of course not. <laughs> All right. Sounds like we've got some other work to do first. And through, throughout the next, I don't know, probably about two or three months, um, about six sessions or whatever, he transformed his perspective from every moment being something which is just a really massive challenge, which he has to deal with, to every moment being an opportunity to be able to really enjoy life and connect with people in better ways. So he learned that it's up to him if he comes home in a shitty mood to stay in a shitty mood. Or it's up to him if he's feeling pretty shitty on his way home to snap out of it. Yeah, you know, change, change his emotional state, feel better about life. Yeah. So did you, um, growing up, did you have someone in your life to help you come to this uh, understanding? Or like, uh, uh, did you have a mentor to help you discover these things about life? Man, I... <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Um, that's such a tough question because when you're talking about like when you're growing up in your life, I mean, there would have been there have been so many people that I've connected with, so many people I don't even remember who would have influenced me in small, minute ways. There would have been people 20, 30 years ago that would have planted a seed that has only just started bearing fruit today or can only be seen as a seedling today, sapling, whatever the word is. The um, there have been some really key impacts though, influences. And I think that a lot of it comes down to a framework in my mind that everyone in life is either going to be an example or a warning. So everyone you see, they're either an example of what's great to do or they're a warning of what to avoid. And the truth is that you can learn a hell of a lot from both. We can learn a hell of a lot from someone who you should really be completely opposite of. And you can obviously learn a hell of a lot from the people who have already done the things that you want to do in your life. But I'd say that the, the big shift in my adult life happened when I was 26 years old. 
Uh, my uh, my wife was really struggling in a in a job that she was in. Uh, she had a terrible manager, terrible. There was terrible culture in the office as well. Uh, I won't go any more into that because it's a public forum. But ultimately, I said, "Well, you're not listening to anything which I have to say. You need to go. There's something wrong with you. You need to go and be fixed." You can kind of see what my mentality is, right? And we ended up going to the seminar, which. Uh, I was like, you just go along to it. She's like, no, I'm not going to go on my own. I said, fine, I'll go with you, but I'm not going to get anything out of it. I went along and my whole life completely transformed because I didn't realize that I was living life with the belief of you live and you die, so what's the point? And that's the, that's the belief which I was subconsciously walking throughout life believing. So... I mean, at the time I was working in one of the big banks here in Australia with high net worth clients. I'm like, cool, I can charge more money and then I get more revenue and I get more commissions and I get more money in the things which I want. I mean, I'm going to die either way. What's wrong with that? It's all good. Uh, I go through and go, well, I can just choose the people I'm with. Like if I upset someone or if someone gets upset by me, well, who cares? You know, it's not my problem. They're going to die. I'm going to die. Who cares? And so everything throughout life ended up being very egocentric, very focused on me and what I want and what I can achieve and what I can get. And I hadn't realized that I was missing out on all of this, all of this fruit, all these gifts from being able to connect more deeply with myself and with others. And so in that moment, I chose a new belief. Instead of you live and you die, so what's the point? I chose the belief of life short, make the most of it. I've since changed that belief in a couple of ways, um, probably through more of spiritual journeys. But when I had that particular belief, it changed, it changed me because I realized that I actually needed to accept the presupposition of that belief. If life short, make the most of it, it means I'm not yet making the most of life. And if I'm not yet making the most of life, then maybe it's because I don't have all the answers like I've always convinced myself that I do. And so I realized I needed to actually learn. And so I'd start reading new books and I'd start connecting with new people. I'd start going to more seminars. And But I wouldn't just read the book. Here's, here's the way most people read the book. They pick it up and they go, oh, yeah, turn the page. Yeah, wow, this is really good. I'm really glad I read that book. And they put it down to the side and they never look at it again. But if someone asks them, it's like, yeah, yeah, I read that book. That was a great book. But there's nothing else which changes. The way that I was reading the book was I'd read it. I'd get to the end of chapter three. I'm like, oh, there's an activity here. That might actually work. Or even better yet, that looks like a ridiculous activity. But there were some other really good things that the author has been writing about. Well, maybe there's some value in this and I just can't see it because I've never tried it. I put down the book and I go and try the activity. I try it on for size. And then things started changing because I was doing this with probably a new book every two or three weeks. And sometimes a couple of books at the same time. And I, I'd never really looked at new ways of doing things because I had a bit of a know-it-all characteristic and I never really wanted to learn anything new. And this just completely opened up my world. Uh, suddenly, I started seeing light at life in light of the values that I have and what's most important. I started seeing a whole lot more positives in everything which was happening. 
I started seeing beauty in every experience. I started seeing this, this power of being able to manage my own emotional state and to be able to, um, to be able to influence others in positive ways, because if other people around me are more positive, and if other people around me are enjoying life more, then it just feeds right back to me. And so I could find that it was uh, both selfish and selfless at the same time, giving out positive vibes into the world. And as a result, I had people start saying, wow, Harry, you've changed. You're happier. You're healthier. You've got more energy. You're more focused. Like, what, what's, what's going on? Like, you're more productive and everything's just better. Like, give me some of what you've got. Like, how did you get that? What, what have you done differently? And that's when I started realizing that I could help other people with making great decisions as well. And throughout that time, I also realized that there were clients that I'd been seeing their journeys uh, for two, three, four, maybe even five years, seeing their journeys from identifying their financial goals to then reaching their financial goals. But even though they reached their financial goals of having more money or being able to stop working, they're still miserable. Even if they stop working and their life still miserable, they're still frustrated or still negative. And so I wanted to help people in ways more than just helping them have more money. Money's important, but I did go a little bit too far in the pendulum for a while ago. Well, money is not important at all. It doesn't matter. Uh, that's, a, that's an example of a mindset coming from uh, probably a bit too much privilege, perhaps. Um, and... I've, I've started realizing that when people want to make change in their life, then they're able to do so. But all they need to, all that needs to happen is they need to be equipped with the tools and the resources and also the inspiration to want to change. And then they can just do the work for themselves. They can make it happen. You are, you're asking about mentors and throughout that time, um, I started realizing that the people you spend a lot of time with is exceptionally important in defining who you become and how you tend to see the world. And so I started endeavoring to fill my mind with thoughts of people who have lives more in line with what I would like it to be. And I started to be more intentional as well about removing some of the, the weight or the volume and the frequency of people whom I don't share the same values with and where I don't want my life to be the same as theirs. And ever since doing that, I've started accumulating a whole bunch of mentors in different areas. Some of them will reach out to me and keep me accountable. Some of them I'll reach out to whenever I have a question. Some of them I'll chat with every six months or so, and some of them almost every week. And I will connect with people who are more like how I want to be in that particular area of their life or in that particular area of life. And as a result of that, I've seen more and more growth in every area beyond what I was sharing before, uh, where I was just reading a book and then applying it. Uh, instead of just having mentors who are on paper, I started building relationships with people as well. And that's transformed my life. Yeah, that's awesome. So, can you speak to uh, how the how the mindset mindset shift has uh, affected you as a father? You have a young daughter now, so how has that yeah. affected you as a dad? 
<laughs> That's such a cool question. Um, I'd say that the biggest part of it has been being able to be so much more effective at uh, my own emotional self-regulation. Uh, recognizing when I'm getting frustrated or when I'm getting a little bit angry or a little bit annoyed or sad or whatever it is to recognize the emotion which I'm having and then to be able to uh, disperse that emotion or feel it, absorb it, allow it to flow through me and then come back and be more present with my daughter. And another way is just allowing me, uh, my practice in mindfulness and meditation to just be more present. Most people think about meditation as something you've just got to do, like you do it on your own in order to think about nothing. And they've, I think a lot of people miss the point with it. The, the idea of most meditation practices, the reason that it focuses on the breath or the reason that it focuses on uh, a sensation in the body, like how does it feel within your fingers or uh, just observing your heartbeat or whatever, or feeling your breath, your, your body change every time you take a breath or feeling the weight of your feet with every step that you're taking, as long as you've got no other distractions. The, the reason why people do that is because they're practicing focus. I'm, I'm really big on this. And obviously I, I coach a lot of dads around how to be better dads. Um, and the main thing which they're missing is this ability to refocus. So for example, imagine you spend time with your, with one of your kids and your phone buzzes in your pocket. So obviously subconsciously you want to reach for it or you check your smartwatch or whatever. It's like, Oh, there's that. And then your mind starts to go into all those things. It might be a work thing where it's got to be a whole lot of more work, which you got to do, or one of your staff need to do something. And all you got to do is just respond to them quickly and then they can continue to take care of stuff. Or it might be something that's happened in the markets and your investments have gone down in value and you've got all these emotions which come up. And most of the time people will get that notification and then they'll start thinking about it and all these different stories and all the things which can go wrong and all the things which will happen in negative ways. And they'll start going down that path and they'll be like, oh man, like this is really frustrating or this is really crap, whatever. And by the time they come back to the present moment, they'll look for their kids and their kids are gone or the kids are really negative suddenly. Like what, why did, like, why did my daughter just start crying and getting all a little bit frustrated and everything? I haven't done anything. So well, that's the problem. You haven't remained focused. You haven't done anything. And so anytime that one of those notifications come up or anytime a thought comes up in your mind going, Oh, what about that? Did I remember to do that at work or, oh, I didn't do enough exercise today. I've really got to get around to doing it, but I have to be here with my daughter and blah, blah, blah. Or you feel your stomach rumbling and it's like, oh, I'm hungry. Oh God, why isn't there food yet? Or why haven't I done any food? And obviously, blah, blah, blah. And wherever your mind ends up bringing you, um, it's taking you away from what you're trying to do. And if you're with your child or if I'm with my daughter and something comes up like that as a result of meditation practice, and mindset which you're asking about i'm able to say okay that happened put it down for a moment and bring my and bring my focus back to the one thing which i'm focusing on so just like when you're meditating and a sensation comes up in the body or a noise comes around in the background behind you or 
uh, a thought comes up and starts to challenge you or an emotion, you bring yourself back to your breath, a thought back to your breath, a thought back to your breath, a story back to your breath, an emotion back to your breath, a noise in the background back to your breath. And that's probably been the most fundamental shift in my mindset is the ability to remain present with my daughter, whereby every time something comes up, back to my daughter. Something else comes up, back to my daughter. Someone else is having an emotional meltdown, back to my daughter. Or then if my daughter is having a bit of a disagreement with another kid or some other kid's taken the toy that she wanted to play with at the playground or some other kid is on the swing and she wants to be on the swing, then I can help her with processing her emotions in a really healthy way. And the only way I can do that is because I can empathize. And the only reason I can empathize is because I have enough awareness of what feelings look like and feel like within our bodies. And so instead of going, uh, don't worry about it, the other kids on the swing, that's just the way things are. And you just have to wait your turn or you keep complaining like this and then there's no swing for you at all, or whatever, right? It's just, I'm, I, can, I can see you're really upset because you want to go on the swing. I know sometimes when I really want something as well, I get really upset too. Uh, and it can be really, really sad to see someone else having so much fun when I'd rather be having fun instead. And that that's really frustrating, isn't it? And usually she'll go, yeah, or no, not frustrated. Sometimes she'll go, my angry. <laughs> okay, cool. I can be angry sometimes too. You've seen daddy angry before, haven't you? Uh, she has to think pretty hard about that because it only happened once or twice with her. Um, but doing that means that suddenly she feels recognized for the emotions. She feels validated for having those emotions. She can then see the emotions herself. And then she connects positively with me as opposed to negatively. So as opposed to me now adding on to the negative emotions or the frustrations that she's having by telling her that she can't have something and that she's, it's not okay to be upset about something like this. She now feels a lot safer within herself and with me to be able to express the way that she's feeling. And my hope is, at least the theory guides towards this, but my hope is that this leads to uh, her being better at doing that herself in the future and being able to connect with herself in the ways that she wants to in the future and hopefully be more secure with others and have a better relationship with me. And can you talk about your, um, your relationship with your father and a little bit of your upbringing? Yeah. Um, look, I was, I was very, I was very fortunate, very fortunate. Um, I consider myself to have had quite a secure attachment when I was growing up. Um, I had a kind of a traditional family in many senses, uh, mom who worked part-time dad who worked full-time and both parents really cared about me. They is, is very intentional on their behalf to have kids. It was part of what they wanted. They, they both kind of knew their roles and they worked more or less as a team most of the time. And there are always hiccups. There are always fights and disagreements and whatever, which came up and that stuff always happens. But ultimately I always knew that I was welcome at home. 
and that I was always safe at home as well. Um, so I was very fortunate in that, in that regard, like very, very lucky. Cause that's already, that's really like 60% of the work done. Right. It do doesn't mean you're set. I know plenty of people with secure attachment, or if you look at me before I turned 26, however many years ago, uh, and started that change, I had secure attachment, but I still had a whole lot of really, really disempowering activities, behaviors, habits. I still do, but much less so than then. And, but that was already like, that was already the foundation, which was done. Um, my dad wasn't one to really want to explore emotions with me. Uh, he was much more on the logical side. It was like, we can look at this logically. You go, yes, it's good because things are working or it's bad because things aren't working. Uh, and that had its pluses and minuses. My, my mindset has never been naturally highly analytical in terms of a logical framework. So I've never been highly logical. I've always been much more of, do I like it or do I not like it? And then go down that path, trust my gut in terms of where my gut's bringing me. Uh, but having that relationship with my dad definitely rounded me out a lot more. Um, but in some ways, it also meant that I felt like I could receive love from being different to how I truly am. And as I unpack that a little bit, it's talking, it's talking about how if I wanted to trust my gut or if I wanted to recognize that trusting your gut is the better thing to do, but then I see that that's not what's happening or I saw that that's what my dad wasn't doing or that's not the way that you become successful, that's not the way that you make good decisions, then you got to kind of ignore your emotions and ignore the way you feel and just focus on getting to the task and getting it done and getting the results. And that's re that really served me in the early years of my career. And it really served me when I finally decided to take my, uh, take my own academic and uh, actions and taking the ownership of the results which I get in my life into my own hands, like taking ownership of it uh, is definitely something which I learned from my dad. And I was very fortunate because I still had quite a bit of time with him, usually not during the week, I was working long hours, but almost every Saturday when I was from about five years on, five years upward, he'd still be wanting to spend time with me. So I'd be spending time with him most Saturdays. Uh, and so there was a very strong influence on me, which I think allowed me to uh, balance out some of the limiting aspects of my personality. Uh, but also it took me a while to recognize or to be able to experience or live in the strengths of my personality as well. What kind of things uh, have, you, have you taken from your dad uh, in re regards to your own fatherhood experience? Like what, what do you use? What, what kind of tools in the toolbox have you, have you taken from your dad? Uh uh, my, so, so as you probably already gained the, uh, the vibe from me, I, I kind of like doing things based on how I enjoy them or how I value them. And so I very rarely attribute the things which I really like to, I learned it from this person or I learned it from that person, because as soon as I've learned it, or as soon as I've embodied it, uh, it already feels like my own. So I remember I remember when my daughter was probably about six months old, uh, one of my close friends asked me, so what, what rituals do you have? Uh, or what rituals are you doing with, with your daughter? 
that are the same as what your parents did with you? I'm like, none, none of them are the same. Like they're, they're all, they're all different. And, and then I kind of reflected on that a little bit. I'm like, well, actually there, there are a few differences, um, that, but there are some common, there are some common themes. So there's always eating together as a family. And that's something which I've always really valued. Uh, there's spending time as a family most of the weekend, not all the weekend, but most of the weekend. Um, there's um, being able to have, uh, like allowing your kids space to kind of just explore and do what they want to do a little bit. And um, there's also challenging your kids uh, to do things which are outside their comfort zone. My dad was the kind of dad that would be like, we're going to make a booking. We're going to make a reservation at this particular restaurant. No, I, I don't want to make a reservation and it's too hard. I got to speak to a complete stranger on the phone. And this is me as a teenage kid. I don't know if I want to do that. It's too scary to pick up the phone and say hi. And can I please have a table for four? Thank you. Or have a table for five. Appreciate it. Uh, but he'd be like, no, 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 you're going to call them. And I'd call up and then I'd hang up quickly. And he's like, no, no, you're still calling them. And you're going to make that way. So that sort of thing, like the persistence on you're going to learn this lesson and you're going to realize that you can do it. Uh, I've definitely taken um, something else is he'd always uh, he made up individual lullabies for myself and my sisters and uh, just custom or tailored to us. And that was that's something which I've sort of done. I, I sing songs to my daughter every night and I usually change around the words to in line with the way that I want them to sound. Not so much for what I want my daughter, like it's what I want my daughter to hear rather than what my daughter necessarily wants to hear. Do you remember your lullaby? No, nah, not really. Yeah. It was, <laughs> um, I remember it was to the tune of Love Me Tender, but that was, that was about it. Um, so yeah, uh, so it was to the tune of that, but he completely changed the words of it. Uh, so, but you're asking about like what, tools have I gotten uh, it's kind of everything which I just shared about the rounding out of my personality like the being able to do the parts of my personality which naturally I wouldn't have been able to do and those are the parts which I definitely learned from my dad I know you kind of spoke on it a little bit earlier um, I know you were saying like after 26 well, before 26, you had an ego, right? And after that, you started to um, develop, like, spirituality. Can you talk about, like, how ego could be, um, can be a barrier to developing uh, spiritually as a person? Yeah. I mean, man, I've still got an ego. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I, would, I wouldn't have used the word I otherwise. Uh, the, when I was referring to egocentric, I was talking about how the majority of decisions I made were focused on what I wanted and for myself. Uh, I've definitely been on the spiritual path though. Um, and a lot of that has been releasing the, the beliefs which I have about who I am and what I need to do and what I want in life. And the, I ultimately... Uh, we we let ourselves down when we get in the way of what we actually want in life. Like when we get in the way of what 
what's more true or what is more truth. Um, so I'm a big believer in having, having the awareness that what we, that the way we see the world and that the stories which we have and the stories which we hold are not actually supportive are not always supportive of our lives. And the reason why they're not always supportive is because they're in conflict with reality. So if I think that, um, um, if I think that the, that my daughter should be happy when she sees me every single time, and I believe that my daughter should be happy every time that she sees me, well, that's a very egocentric perspective to hold. It's nice. It would be a nice aspiration. But if I think that that should happen, then that's a belief which I have, which is not in line with reality. Because unfortunately, the truth is that she's not always happy every time she sees me. And now let's, let's unpack that. I just use the word unfortunately. That then implies a new belief, which also might not be in line with reality. I said, it's a, almost as if it's saying that it's a bad thing that she's not happy every time she sees me. Now, if I believe that it's a bad thing, that yes, like I accept the truth that she's not always happy when, when she sees me, but then I hold this belief that it's a bad thing when she's not happy when she sees me. Well, if I hold that to be true, then every time that she's not happy to see me, it's a bad thing. There's more bad in my life. And that ultimately leads to more of a negative interaction with her because it's already a bad interaction. It's already a bad thing, whatever. Now, if I shifted that belief to uh, every time that my daughter's not happy, my presence is able to help her work through her emotions. Or any time that there's a challenge in front of me, I'm able to find a way to solve the problem. Ultimately, we're talking about a growth mindset, right? And if I had that belief and I and I approach my daughter in that way when she's not happy to see me on a particular day, well, then that can result in much more beautiful experiences of life. And so by stepping out of ourselves and our stories and the ways that we see the world and stepping away from that and seeing a new perspective certainly allows us to have a better experience of life. And it allows us to do the things which result in better experiences for others, which, as I mentioned earlier, comes back and comes back tenfold. Because the less egocentric that you are, like the less of the, I need to do these things, and like I need things to happen this particular way, and I need this to happen, and I want that, and I want this. The less of that that we have, that element of selfishness then the more we're able to connect deeply with others. And there's a, there's a really cool framework called spiral dynamics, which it would take me probably about 40, 50 minutes to explain the concept in, in at least a decent level of detail. Uh, but if anyone wants to look it up, search spiral dynamics, very different to integral uh, theory. Uh, you'd want to look at spiral dynamics from Charles Graves. And, or send me a message if you want a recording of uh, when I explained it. I'm happy to share that with any of your listeners. But uh, as you move throughout life, you start to recognize that it's, 
it life is less and less just about you and more and more about everything uh at the very least it's about your interaction with everything and how you are able to influence and impact everything which is around you and in that sense it's about your perception of everything so if your perception is that everything is me 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 what i want then you're going to start to get really frustrated because you can't control everything like you can't hold water in your hand and sand in your hand and keep them separate that's a really weird analogy but i was inspired by your background raheem um I, you like you're not able to say i want it to be hot and i want it to be cold at the same time but if everything's just off the whims of what you want from life or let's just say you always want it to be really good weather you can't make it really good weather all the time like you guys i think you guys are in chicago right then like you can't you can't control when it's going to be completely freezing during winter you you can't you can't control that but if you're saying that you're really frustrated and you you become really angry when things don't go your way well then either you're going to try and control your environment and cause damage to the environment as well by only ever staying inside the heated environment and you're going to insist that your family stays indoors as well and who cares about all the homeless people on the streets and whatever or you're going to say it's all too hard and i'm going to leave that and i'm going to go and live in a place which is along the equator like you know, the caribbeans or live in singapore or something because that way it's always going to be hot but that's a limited experience of life if you're saying this is the way that i can enjoy life is by just getting what i want and as you eventually progress throughout your as your psyche and your personal development progresses if it does you get closer towards a point of oh okay these are the rules these are the way that we operate and and function in society and then you start to learn these are the rules which we don't necessarily always have to follow we can sometimes create systems and we can create or choose the rules which are relevant for certain circumstances but the rules are made to be followed you just got to make sure you're not following stupid rules and then you eventually get to the point of well why don't we just challenge all of it like why why is it all about hierarchy and where i get to why isn't it more about peace and equality for everyone and then we realize that none of those are correct in and of themselves you've got to be able to adapt with each of them you got to be able to recognize that it makes sense at times to have hierarchy it makes sense at times to have equality and to be one with everybody else and everything everything which changes throughout each step is a, as a result of a change of beliefs and you change your beliefs as a result of changing the like a series of beliefs is basically the framework which you have in your mind uh, and your framework is the stories that you say about when I do this this and this then this happens or when all of these things happen then this can happen and so you're asking about a spiritual journey and i've given you a very broad and very non-spiritual response about how we ought to grow in life and that is by making better decisions every single day by challenging the stories which we have now if we're talking about spirituality most people will consider that to be pretty much in tandem or very much tied towards religion 
And even when we talk about religion, there are there are people who will approach approach religion based on the stage which they're at. And while we see their experience of religion as going, what the hell are you doing? Like that's that's not that's not something which I'd like to base my life off. For them, it's actually allowed them to progress further, at least one step further. Like they might be uh, fearful of everything which is happening and fearful that life is going to just uh, be so hard. I got to pray to the gods or whatever. And then they start to realize that, hang on, no, maybe I'm actually, maybe I'm actually loved no matter what. Uh, and maybe I've, I've actually been given this gift of my ability to assert myself. And then religion has given them that authority to assert themselves in life. And it's allowed them to progress from fearful to a little bit more productive. And maybe someone's already in that stage of I've got to assert myself everywhere and they tend to do it not necessarily in all the most positive ways. And then religion teaches them, no, 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 there's a rule set that you actually have to follow. You got to follow this rule set. And that's the way that you can function in society. Or maybe someone has that belief and they've got the belief that there's this rule set and there's a process which you always have to follow and it only works when everyone follows the rules. And then they approach religion and religion's actually teaching them that you've sometimes got to challenge some of the rules in order to create systems and frameworks which are going to work really well for other people, not just for yourself. Oh, okay. And so then they start to take more action and they start to go, well, the only way that I can support my religion in terms of them sharing the message that they've got out for the world and all of that kind of stuff is through uh, sometimes putting myself first or at least putting myself slightly higher up the hierarchy slightly higher up the food chain and so they learn that or maybe they've already got that mentality that mentality and then they they discover religion and or they rediscover religion whichever one it is for them and they go oh no no no! like my religion teaches me that everything's just about peace and love and and caring about each other and wanting the best for other people and so that's what they learn from religion and so when people are on spiritual paths i think that religion definitely contributes to it but it depends on why they're engaging in that particular religion and what ultimately what beliefs and what stories they adopt from the religion, which they're following. And so in that sense, you can have a really clear spiritual progression, completely devoid of religion, because you can follow what's truer in your heart and what's truer in your soul and what you connect with. And you can tell when something is right or wrong. And it might not be what is always right or wrong, but if it's slightly more right than what was before, and it's slightly more true, then you're able to progress. Now, obviously there are shortcuts, right? Some people find the shortcuts of that by finding religious teachings, which they relate with. Some people find the shortcut of that by finding mentors that they can go and connect with. Uh, sometimes it's through reading a book which shows them a new way of doing things. Sometimes it's through just trying a whole bunch of new things and then seeing what the results are. Some people that's just feeling what's right. And some people that's about putting it into spreadsheets and working it all out and going objectively, this is the better way. Okay, now I can change my beliefs. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but ultimately, that's the, that's the way that we'll grow by stepping further and further away from the stories which we come up with ourselves. 
Yeah. So um, we talked about a little bit about how your mindset shifted at 26 and, um, you know, how you made changes. How has uh, how have you changed since becoming a dad? Like, how, how has that changed you? Um, I think it's I think it's amplified me rather than changed me. I think all the, all the things which I've wanted to practice and wanted to do and felt called to do has been reinvigorated as a result of being a dad. The main, the main reason is because one of my mentors shared with me, uh, that they know they're they're like the way that they know that they're being a great dad, uh, is by telling his kids to do what, do what I do, not what I say. Extreme accountability. Do what I do, not what I say. Uh, if I'm checking my phone and, but I'm telling you to not check your phone, that's fine. Check your phone. Do what I do. And I've embodied that for myself. Like if I'm, if I'm getting distracted by something, if I get a little bit upset or if I, uh, if I don't manage to just take a deep breath and come back and remain present, uh, if I don't care more about what others want, or if I don't look out for other people, um, or if I don't ask other people something before I say what I want, all those things. Every time I do that, I'm teaching my daughter that that's what she should be doing as well. And similarly, every time that I care more about others than I care more uh, than I care about myself, or every time I remain more present when there are so many distractions around or every time that I'm able to really connect with my daughter when she's going through one of her tantrums or emotional outbursts or whatever, then I'm also teaching her to do more of that. And so as a result of being a dad, I, I don't think I've changed that much as a person. I've just become more of who I really want to be. I have, it has slightly changed the way that I work with clients though. I've started realizing that there are different elements with what clients are reaching out to me. They're usually reaching out because they don't feel like a grown up in that area of their life yet. Whether that be finances like cash flow or investing or whatever, or property, or whether it be with their emotions or with their mindset or with their beliefs or habits or whatever, they don't feel like a grown up yet. And in some ways, I end up needing to take more of that father, father role in their life. I'm there holding the space for them and providing them with the guidance to help them move closer to what's to what they're aspiring to or aspiring towards from me. And so that's been a little bit of shift of perspective as well. So like, do you feel like, um, I know you said that you take more of a fatherly role for your clients. Um, do you feel like they've experienced some type of arrested development or something or like, uh, why did you describe it as a fatherly role? Um, that doesn't, uh, just to clarify that, that doesn't have any, uh, uh spiritual or religious context to it. Um, the, the reason I describe it as that is because people ultimately, when they're looking for mentors, they're looking for, that role, which is someone who can show them the way that the world works. 
and can show them from just a few steps ahead. And when you're, for most people, when you're a kid and when you're young, you rely on your dad to be able to show you that. Like you rely on your father to be able to highlight what's going to, what's most important. Like what are the things you've actually got to look for? What are the things you've got to look out from? Because your dad's made it that far in life. And they kind of take that role to do the same in your life as well. Now, I don't, I've also got to clarify, I don't, I don't see a difference between men and women in taking this role in people's lives. Mm-hmm. I, I believe the whole paradigm of uh, caregiver and breadwinner is redundant, to say the least. Yeah. And I believe that men can be uh, fathers, men, whatever, can be just as caring and just as compassionate and just as able to calm down the screaming, emotionally flooded uh, toddler or a frustrated, angry, uh, hormonal teenager as a mother can be. And similarly, I think that a a woman can be just as, uh, just as focused on providing and keeping families safe as what any man can be as well. So I think this is when I say the term father, I'm, I'm talking about the, um, uh, the traditional use of the word in terms of not just not just caring about someone, that's an important part of it, but also pushing and nudging them to be more and to do better. So it's, there's definitely a very loving maternal element to how I connect with everyone in life. I'm not saying clients, I'm talking about pretty much everyone either way. Um, There's definitely a very caring, nurturing, supportive, empathetic, loving approach, which I take to connecting with everyone in my world. Uh And, And there's also this energy within me, which can be very stern and focused and very encouraging and sometimes forceful as well to help people grow the best that they possibly can. Are your clients usually older? uh, No, they vary. They all vary. Uh, I've got, got some clients who are in there. Like I've got a coaching client who's in his sixties working through this stuff. And, and I've got a client who's in his twenties working through this stuff, like early twenties. So, um, I'm in my thirties. And so like, it, it doesn't really matter too much because I don't take the approach that I know what's best for anyone mm-hmm. that I'm speaking to. I take the approach that they actually know what's best for themselves. They just need to know how to identify it and find it for themselves as well. That's good stuff. That's a lot of, a lot of gems in, in this, in this interview, man. <laughs> 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 I definitely Thanks, appreciate man. it. Uh, we're getting a little close to time, but, um, one last question I want to ask is if you had to give advice to uh, any dad that's listening right now, uh, who would that advice be? Oh, um, find more mentors in your life, people that you really look up to, uh, because until you're able to uh, challenge stories and beliefs on your own, uh, you need the support of others. And the support of others isn't someone who can babysit your kids and or not necessarily. And the, the support of others doesn't mean, you know, your employee can give you enough um, income or whatever. 
or that your clients are able to pay you more. Like that, that's not, that's not necessarily the support I'm talking about. But the people who can just hold you to a high standard, I think it was a, it was the Les Brown thing, which I listened to a few years ago, uh, one of his audio programs. And in it, there was this one phrase where he says, I surround myself with the people who are going to say, Les, you're not living in congruence with who you truly are. You need a change now. And so those are the people I intend to surround myself with. And if you can't find that in friends, I'm sure you can, but if you can't find that in friends then find it in mentors. And if you can't find that in mentors that you can just find somewhere, then pay for someone to be that mentor for you until you can get there. Like ser seriously, there, there's so much power in having the right people around you. I love the, the mission and uh, the goal that you guys have with this podcast and with all the groups which you've been doing and with, with all the meetups and all of it, because you're attempting to help people connect on a deeper level about something that they can't normally discuss with others. Awesome. Find that. But you got to find that one-on-one -on -one connection with someone or with a whole range of people who can give you more of that perspective. Because I believe that's ultimately our, our important path in life is to take a step away from the stories which are telling ourselves and to connect more deeply with other people and to have a, have a deeper and richer connection with life ultimately. So that's the first part. Uh, similar to your uh, to your mission and your journey and what you're doing, I shared, I started recording a podcast and started releasing it in February this year, which is ultimately me having conversations with a whole bunch of my mentors or people whom I've identified as being able to share a, a lived example of holistic success, not just success in terms of how much money you make or how much money you have in the bank account and or how much revenue you earn or whatever, but about how much impact you have and how much you enjoy life and how much are you actually changing the world for the better and are you doing the most that you possibly can with your life the way that you currently have it are you taking advantage of all the blessings which you have so success with purpose i've had a whole bunch of people reach out to me after listening to some of the episodes going wow that was amazing i feel like your mentors are now my mentors i now understand their perspectives and their journeys and everything is awesome and i normally hate two hour long episode of podcast episodes but that was that was just awesome because now i can understand all of it and i can explore all of it it's really really cool uh, so that's something else which you can do so Connect with more people who are more in line, more aligned with how you actually want to be rather than just in the environments of where you currently are. Don't ditch your family. So some people you can't change. You can change your peers, not your family. Um, find people, uh, that those as peers and find people who can actually guide you and mentor you and fill your brain with the right information, the right perspectives. And if you do that, then you'll definitely start to move towards a truer and more beautiful experience of life. If you do it consistently. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I just want to let you know, we usually, we have something called the hell of a bomb. And uh, usually when somebody like drops a, a jewel or some, some great information, we say it's a hell of a bomb. Uh, throughout the course of the conversation, you have maybe like three or four that I counted. Cool. So, uh, yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs>
I got more than that. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to do the edits after this and just go hellfire bomb. Right, right, that's bomb. <laughs> no, uh, that's cool. Uh, no, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say thank you very much for having me. Uh, I hope that this has been helpful for the people who are listening. Uh, it was nice you asking questions about my dad. It was, it was good for me to unpack some of that as well. And I guess I did a little bit of that live on the show. That was good. That was yeah, we cool. have a, a few Hall of Fame episodes. We could definitely put this one in the Hall of Fame. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm flattered, guys. I'm on it. <laughs> thank you. Now, if you had to send people to you, uh, uh, where would you want to send them? Uh, uh, check out the success with purpose podcast and, and maybe connect with me on LinkedIn, Harry Goldberg should find me relatively easily, easily Harry Goldberg from purpose advisory. Um, but yeah, if, if you want to send people through to me, that's, that's the best way right now. And then I'm always happy, always happy to share resources with people. If it helps them out, I just want to give more to the world than what I ever received back in return. So um, if someone's got a really, a really massive challenge they're facing and they're hoping there might be a cool resource uh, that I might be able to provide, uh, just send me a DM on LinkedIn. I'll be more than happy to have a chat. All right. Yeah, sounds good. And I just go cool. the spiral dynamics. I'm going to go down that rabbit hole a little bit too. So <laughs> I have I'll, I'll, send, I'll send you, oh, man, it's a, it's a deep rabbit hole. I'll send you a recording yeah. uh, to help you out with that one. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> cool. Thanks, right. guys. Uh, I really, really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks for having me on and allowing me to share the message. Hopefully it's been helpful to others. Yes. Thank you, Harry. Yeah. For myself, for Sir Royce. Thank you. For my colleague, my co-host, Dr. Raheem Young, and also for our special guest, Harry Goldberg, thank you for listening and uh, welcome to Father Interviews, and stay tuned for further announcements. Awesome. Thank you.